Thanks for listening to the Roman Circus Podcast, a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of Catholic culture, tradition, and history. I'm Matt Baker, and with me, as always, is a man who has always dreamt of a self-quarantine. I don't think that makes sense, but it's Zach Mabry. Zach, how are you, my friend? Hello, everybody. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. I had a way I was going with the intro, but then I think I said too many words. But anyway, we just press on uh, in, this, in this environment of public health disaster. If you have coronavirus and want to give us any updates, email us at romancircuspod at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at Roman Circus Pod. I'm at Hey, it's Matt Baker. Zach is at Zach Mabry, Z A C Mabry. Patreon.com slash Roman Circus Pod if you want to join us on Patreon. Right. And one thing that you can do to make, um, make a positive situation out of something that would otherwise seem dark is if you do find yourself in a situation um, such that you've been diagnosed with um, the coronavirus, you could. Um, in your generosity, uh, you could will your estate to our Patreon um, and help us to continue this podcast uh, all over the world. So you could you could make something really good out of your out of your circumstances. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great idea. We, uh, leave Earth with a bang uh, by giving us your money. If you want to go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review, that is fantastic as well all right zach so i was logging on to the internet to check the news it's all coronavirus do you have any what are we going to talk about what's in the news is it all coronavirus you got any other good stuff for us well so you know just some some news on my front most people know that i'm a a complete slave to apple products like i have all the products and each time they they screw over their customers. I'm one of the first. I, I'm like, they're yeah, lining right up there. to be screwed. Right. Um, however, I I returned my 2000. I got the, mo- the most recent iPad Pro. And I, I returned it at the end of my two weeks, you know, return period. Why did you do hard that, to part Zach? With it. You know, it, I just couldn't justify the price. And Mac rumors buying guide seems to think that there's going to be a new ipad pro this year so it's like okay well i should wait mm-hmm. yeah you know mm-hmm. um but it is pretty cool the the case is neat and the pencil so like i have the older ipad pro that has the pencil the new pencil it it just snaps right to the side with a magnet kind of has a nice satisfying like thud when it goes into place nice um and that's what charges it too is just sticking it to the side of your so you it solves the two biggest annoyances with the apple pencil is where like where do you put it and remembering to charge it so you know they've solved that that whole issue um yeah but i i took it back um and in the process i got a new keyboard from them it's called the magic keyboard Okay. Uh, so far, I haven't figured out what's super magic about it, mm-hmm. but they well, had it in both. What? We're that's a good prep because later on we're going to talk about things that are not magic. So I like where you're heading with that. Good, good point. Um, mm. So they had it in silver and space gray, and so every Apple product I have is space gray. 
Okay. And I look, and the space gray one is $20 more than the silver one. That's how they get you, Zach. And I, It's probably I like targeted ask, specifically at you. Right. Well, I asked the lady, I'm like, what's the deal? She's like, oh, it's just, she's like, it literally is just more, like, the color's the only difference between those two. Mm-hmm. So you could save 20 bucks by just getting the silver one. And I was like, yeah, but it's going to be next to my other stuff. Yeah, it's really going to throw off, it's really going to throw off the vibe, the feng shui. Right, like everything that I have is space gray. And so, mm-hmm. so they got your boy. I I paid 20 extra dollars to get the space gray magic keyboard. But, uh, so, so, you know, okay. I'm just, I'm upgrading. Let me, let me upgrade. Mm-hmm. But no new iPad. So I've, I've had my same one since 2017. Still doing me right. Good, good, Will much continued success i was reading earlier i was looking on the internet and it uh the headline that i saw shifting topics said that harvey weinstein's lawyers was were asking for uh they were seeking mercy after his historic fall that's what the headline said and i was like oh man did he like have some like epic fall why isn't caught on video did he like fall down a like multiple flights of stairs, you know, like a classic. Yeah, like, like what happened? Like a Homer Simpson falling down the Springfield Gorge type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they meant fall from grace, Zach. He had a historic fall from grace. That's what the article said. And I was like, come on. Like you can't tease us with like a epic fall and it just be like, yes, this guy had a fall from grace. Now... You could argue that he did, but one could argue that no one ever cared about him in the first place. He just, you know, he was just the guy. Well, right. Like, what happened to Harvey Weinstein is that everybody stopped pretending not to know that he was a, a creep. Yeah, because like, they couldn't, no one, because he couldn't make them rich or famous anymore, right? And I'm not just talking I, I, about... Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't even know their motivations, but it's it wasn't like... I mean, it would... You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sympathetic to him. He should be in prison. But, you know, imagine doing this stuff forever and everybody knows about it and in most cases helps you with it. And then one day they're all like indignant and denouncing you and saying you should go to prison. You're like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Like truly this is an historic fall. That's what he probably said to himself, like his inner monologue. Yeah. Have you heard that there's people that say that not everybody has an inner monologue? Interesting. What yeah. like uh, wh- how do we describe an inner monologue? Oh, no idea. It's when there's just one voice in your head. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's probably like like a racist thing or some kind of creepy, mm. like weird internet culture thing. But I just saw it like a meme of it once that was like I just found out. Not everybody has an inner monologue. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure everyone does. Interesting, Matt thought to himself. That's just what was yeah. happening in my head right there. Um, yeah, that's a, so yeah, that's a, another, another historic fall, Zach. We, we don't want to lump the two right. together in any way, but, uh, sure. it just, uh, my condolences to your, to your friend, Bernie Sanders on this past week. It has truly been 
It has truly been a, a plummeting down the ballot for no apparent reason other than the establishment always wins. That's basically... Yeah, I mean, he had his ass handed to him. That's pretty pretty safe to say. Yeah, but they just, like... They're they're so excited to not get behind Bernie that they are... uh, That they're going to nominate someone who goes into a factory and gives factory workers the business. That was amazing. So as one of his like campaign stops... Joe Biden, we're talking about. Joe Biden uh, visits a factory to do kind of a, hey, I'm a man of the working class. I'm one of you. I'm one of you guys. You know, one of those things. And um, somebody calls him out on his stance on the Second Amendment, which is the amendment that says everyone can have all the guns they want. And Biden just like gets in his face and... What all does he say? He 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 didn't throw any in any hey man or what's up with that Jax. He just said the guy was full of s, the four letter word that okay is reserved for the Patreon podcast. So no, what, he didn't say that, and he was like, and that's a fact, Jack. Yeah, no, he said the guy. He just said like you're full of it, and uh, then he kind of rambled a little bit. It was. Yeah, and then he kind of scoffed at him and was, uh, you know, ushered on to go probably degrade more factory workers. But it, uh, yeah, it was weird. It's one of those things like Trump says a lot of things, but they are usually the reason he's done so well is because his BS is very confident and he, like, he doesn't pick on the working man. Now, no. you could consider maybe the media are working men, but the media is the media. No. They exist in their own sphere, right? The right. problem yeah, that's is, different. like, Biden... You would never is, see Trump say something rude to a guy in a factory. It just isn't. Would, like, you'd probably he, catch him saying something offensive or, like, joking with them in a way that's sexist or racist, but, like... You would not see him lecturing a guy at a factory. Right. He would, like, put his arm around him and be like, you're, like, the backbone of the country, right? Yeah. Or, like, it just, I don't know. It's, anything can happen, and we're we're shown not to, we're we're shown after 2016 that everybody is wrong always about what they think is going to happen. But yeah, it's gonna it's gonna get rough out there for for old Joe, I think. I don't well, yes, but I don't I I think that there's been a disturbance in the force and I do oh, no. think that the sort of oh Trump's gonna win in a forty eight state landslide against Joe Biden is probably not accurate. Um Oh however, sure. I just meant rough just in general. Yeah, I mean, well, he won't know. Um, so the, it, it's just a nightmare. Um, so yeah, Bernie. I, I mean, I don't know. We'll be interesting. There's primaries happening today, so we'll kind of see how that turns out. Um, but obviously, kind of in free fall, and you know, he's talking like a Democrat now, which is a good way to lose an election. So we will just see. We will see. Um, 
Yeah, so, you know, I'm trying to think. News-wise, I think sport things are happening. They're closing a lot of... uh a lot of stadiums down in Europe for canceling events, doing like these, you know, no more large gathering stuffs because of the the coronavirus. We're not allowed to call it the Wuhan coronavirus or whatever. That was so, so somebody posts on Twitter is the blue check that was like, if you're calling it the Wuhan virus, you are racist. And there was like a collective head scratch of, yeah, we normally name conditions out of where they originate so it it's not it isn't racist to like it just isn't you know um you know spanish flu for instance mm-hmm. um are any other ones coming to mind Mm-mm. Montezuma's Attack. revenge yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah uh, it seems that so a lot of things happening with coronavirus seems like the hardest hit demographic is people who go on a lot of cruises yeah uh cruise ships are awful i mean you know go on them if you want but it's like a breeding ground for just you're stuck in the middle of the water we've seen things where the sewage goes out you know they're just like they seem like weird where the what happens what where the what now didn't like a a ship had to be a ship got stranded out at sea and the sewage was like going out and it was like a whole disaster oh yeah they're having to throw their poops over the deck yeah um, the poop deck sack that's why they call it yeah it it earned its name that day mm-hmm. um yeah it, it well because the crazy thing is so if anybody on the cruise is determined to be infected they don't let the cruise ship dock anywhere and they just quarantine the whole but, and so what I'm wondering though is that awesome because you're on a cruise ship or is it does it suddenly become awful that's what I'm I trying think, to ask what I, th- I think what happens is when you're on a cruise ship you're like oh we're going to land somewhere so this is a fun getaway when you're locked on a cruise ship it becomes your prison you know Okay, yeah. That's I guess that's kind of the difference between like a hotel like a motel and jail. Yeah, so it is it's literally the difference I guess between prison and not prison. Cuz I guess prisons are all inclusive. Sure, you get meals, you can work out, you get a bed. So true. Yeah. You can make hand sanitizer for the state of New York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that So all right. we recently I can't remember if it was if it was for our, our patreon episode or for the main show but we were both like or at least i was very firm that nah coronavirus overblown not a big deal um well i think we just i'm not i'm not definitely wrong though we well we we talked about uh whether we were worried about it true it could it could be an issue but like i'm i don't know I'm still not super concerned about it. I, I, it's like a, it's a thing that's happening. I understand, but you know. So you're not total. What do you mean you're not totally raw? Like you, well, so I mean, obviously, like you know, I was talking about how it was similar to SARS and bird flu and swine flu and H one N one and. Um, 
Ebola, where, you know, it really didn't do anything. Like, nothing really happened. No one's lives were impacted here, mm -hmm. except on the margins. And um, that's obviously not been the case in terms of things being canceled. I mean, Harvard is sending all of its students home. Um, you know, over in Rome, obviously, all public masses are suspended. There's, you know, I mean, clearly there's, it's a disruption and it's tanking the market kind of. Mm -hmm. The stonks. It is weird to see Mecca. No one, no one visited Mecca for the first time in its history. Did you see that? Oh, I thought we were it? talking about John Gary. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> no, like <laughs> no like, one visited, no one visited him for the first time in his history. It, yeah. uh, and then the uh the basilica is closed right the saint peter square like there's no one out yeah there. saint saint peter square has been closed mm -hmm. yeah so all these things it's very i mean the optics are certainly uh kind of alarming but i mean i i don't know it's yeah i'm sure i'm sure they'll figure it out we got we got all the best science we got the trump scientists on the on the case we have mike pence leading the charge so there were some really great sound bites from trump um coming out of this whole thing he was talking about meeting with the i don't know virologist whoever the people are that that study this stuff and he's like yeah they were just so impressed by how much i knew they were asking me where did you learn all of this yeah if he he really if he didn't decide to be president he would have been a good doctor like thinking what I love about that quote is like he did so much before president. Like that quote seems to imply that like he's been president this entire time and he he like came out of Wharton business school and was like I am president now instead of going to, right. going to be a doctor. Wharton doctor school. Wharton school of the doctors. Yeah, but okay, along the line, since we're kind of talking about that, what we wanted to talk about this week is uh, the, the panic has kind of come because Italy canceled all public masses, right? And then they've uh, we've been lucky that they're starting to do that thing again where they do away with the sign of peace, which is always good. Like it, you know... The right. Obviously, you know, sign of peace is, is cheesy. Of all, of all the bad things about the virus, it is bringing some some good things as well. Uh, but it, uh, you know, then they're recommending that instead of receiving on the tongue, that uh, you get your dirty little hands on Jesus. And uh, so, but basically, this this yes, all of these measures have sort of exposed. Um, a bunch of collective brain worms and incorrect ideas that people hold. Well, there's, uh, yeah, not, aside from what I just said, there are some, the actual, like, severe heretic, there are severe heretical things that have come across, right? Like the, uh, the sign of peace, we joke, but it's not a heretical act. But there's people who, the especially the debate about, the, the Eucharist on the tongue versus the hands and uh, what the Eucharist it it's kind of exposing thoughts on what the Eucharist actually is or what we think it is. Right. Uh, right. But where it, and it might not be through malicious intentions. It might just be like poor formation, which we've all 
suffered from in our day, especially cradle Catholics. But um, right, yeah. But one of the things. Well, okay, so let's. I mean, let's what, just start with canceling mass. Okay, okay. all right. So, diocese of Rome suspended public masses. Right. Um, and it know, was, one of the reasons, and it was because of the Pachamamas. God was raining down his. But we, yeah. So before we even get to that, so everybody's freaking out, and they're saying that this is, you know, this is prophecy uh, mm-hmm. because all masses have stopped and the worship of God. So, guys, and you know, I think our listeners know better. But then a lot of the people making these claims should know better too. Um, mass is a sacrifice that the priest offers to God, and then the rest of us are there, um, but we're not essential. So. Um, mass ha- mass doesn't require your participation, your attendance. Uh, mass will go on. That doesn't mean yeah. that it's not good to go to mass. It doesn't mean that there aren't graces to be had, or that there aren't graces for the world when more people go sure. to mass. We're under obligation but, to go to mass, right? But priests are all still saying mass every day. They're required to, mm-hmm. and so. Um, this, some, per, and some, some there's some orders right well and what some people have pointed out is this will likely cut back on con celebration so there'll be more actual masses happening so that's something to consider. right so they 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 canceled public masses but they didn't the the diocese didn't come down and say mass is canceled like in general right so it's still happening there are still you're if you the the uh what is it the the mass intentions are still happening right like if you if you wanted if you had a mass if you had a mass intention this week for your your sick grandma it's not like your sick grandma is out of luck there still will be a mass for your sick grandma and right you can't you can't stop the mass right so um, keep that in mind that the the primary act of worship at the mass is performed by the priest and the priest has not been it's it's just the lay people not at mass and that's one of the least important aspects entirely non-essential um, now with yeah but with that being said it is it is it you I mean know, it, it sucks it, like it, no uh, one's yeah, saying it, like oh hooray no mass for us but um you know, and I mean, it adds, again, it's, it's, it's a good time to remember that mass isn't about coming together. Um, yeah. And it, it's strange to see people of a more traditional bend making these claims because they should know, if, you know, if, if they're not affected by the sort of we are the church brain, um, they're, they're supposed to know that mass isn't about the people gathered it's about the sacrifice at the altar, which can happen, which just requires a priest, bread, and wine, everything, and water. Everything else um, is non-essential, and that doesn't mean it's unimportant, obviously, but, um, you know, and I mean, I would think just pragmatically speaking, there's, some people are of the assumption that if you kind of look in general um, at the behavior of, of people kind of as a whole because you can't make any individual judgments and then um just the the normal availability or lack of availability of confession that maybe there are people going up for communion who perhaps haven't confessed their mortal sins Mm -hmm. 
perhaps. Perhaps those people are most of the people at most parishes. Who knows? <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I have no data on this, but right. um, I, I will leave it to the listener to think through the fact that really you could, you could argue that this is probably cutting back on sacrilegious communions mm-hmm. to a, a great degree. Right, which is why the idea that this is being done as a punishment is completely ridiculous, right? Like the, it, it, I mean, I don't know, maybe I said that wrong, but like, it, I don't, it, there's so much that happens in the church and there's been so much stuff that's come out. Like, you've seen some popular people that are like, well, maybe, you know, this could potentially be for letting those wooden idols in. And I was like, there's, the, what Zach, what you just said, as far as people going up and receiving communion not in a state of grace, this has been happening forever. Like that is a far worse sin than these tacky pieces of wood being entered into the Vatican, right? Like it. If we, I would, if, I'm still confused about how Pacamama even came back into the conversation. Um, I don't understand how we're still talking about that. Um, well, yeah, but the point the point is like it. If this, oh, okay. So we, the idea is that because Pacamama was um, was idolatry, that this is God's chastisement for idolatry. I mean, in theory, yeah. That's that's what's being posed by internet people. Well, a few people who have large followings. Gotcha. Um, yeah, that's that is silly. And yeah, to your p- point. I mean, there's obviously worse sins happening. Sacrilegious communions are much worse than having the ugly statues things. And I mean, we did cast them into the Tiber. So I feel like, you know, any, mm-hmm. uh, any, um, any bad, any bad juju left was, uh, handled, yeah. right. Yep. Okay. The next one, uh, um, well, so still with this, though, actually, you then had people that say that canceling mass is a sign of the faithlessness of our times. And in the past, people had faith and they still gathered together. Um, and so that isn't true, like historically. I mean, literally, the term quarantine comes from, like, it, it's related to the word quadragesima, which is Lent. And, like, it. No, if if the way that a disease spreads is by people coming together in close conduct or contact, um, doing that thing will spread the disease regardless of how authentic your faith is. Mm-hmm. Okay, that nothing magic happens um, that prevents viruses that are you know seething out of your body from co- making contact with other people's body and getting them sick, and. This is also one of the reasons I think canceling mass can be good because some people won't, they, out of either guilt or they think that there's some kind of whatever, they will still go to mass despite being sick. Like, oh, I I can take it. I'm tough. And then they will get other people sick and those people will die. So, I mean, the idea that just because we're gathered together to worship means that somehow the science of viruses is suspended is is ridiculous and it doesn't it it doesn't have any grounding in catholic you know 
thought on this or Catholic metaphysics on, I mean, just everything from the way that grace and nature interact. So yes, people could go to a worship, to, people have been healed via spiritual intercession, but that is totally different than knowingly doing the thing that causes a disease and just expecting God to prevent you from getting it. That is a very, uh, G- is that a, a version of Jesus take the wheel? I mean, it's not a miracle if you willfully do something in hopes that God's going to suspend logic for the time, like, temporarily. It's, I mean, it, to me, it reminds me of things that Satan tempted our Lord to do in the desert. Mm-hmm. It's like, you you don't, that isn't how miracles work, guys. You don't get together when you have a deadly virus in, to, in hopes of a miracle. Like, if you have a deadly virus, you pray for a miracle. Yeah, anyway. this is the this is the the back end of this is going to be the it's not magic part of the podcast. Right. Right. Well, so then then we get to at mat when there is mass, obviously the discussion comes out certain rites like you mentioned get canceled like in the new mass where they there's like the moment where they shake each other's hands and kind of catch up on their lives before the Agnus Day. And so they're not supposed to touch each other during that whole ritual. And then people aren't supposed to hold hands. And then the other thing is people are being asked not to receive communion on the tongue. Um, or And instead to receive communion on the hand. Um, so there's a couple, we kind of have to interrogate this a little bit because there are a few different points to make that could perhaps seem contradictory, but they aren't. Um, you know, one thing that was interesting is they instantly went to this whole communion on the hand thing and people asked the very reasonable question okay well are we has there been any kind of you know study or anything looked into see does would would placing communion in people's hands as opposed to placing it on their tongue would that slow the spread of this virus at all mm-hmm um, I think the answer for this case is yes, but I don't think that we knew that answer when uh, these announcements started being made. And so it's worth pointing out that for a whole subsection of the population, they will look for any opportunity to push this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, communion in the hand or or what have you. They, I mean, think back to when Zika virus happened. Their first thing was, oh, can people use condoms? Can people use condoms? And it's like, no, they can't use condoms. Like, why would you, why is that where your head always goes? And I mean, people literally asked the Pope this and everyone's like, but it's an emergency. It's like, it isn't an emergency because you're not compelled to do the activity, that the underlying activity. So no. And, but so as, anyway, as soon as there's any kind of crises or, some kind of event that's significant enough to grab headlines, people will like to use it to push basically modernism on us. I mean, same thing with, oh, you know, there's a, the Amazon, so we have to let priests get married now. Or, I mean, basically, they will look for any excuse they have. And it was kind of clear that's what they were doing. In the case of coronavirus, I guess, I think the idea was because of how the virus travels, putting your hand up to somebody's mouth, if they had it, would be more likely to spread it um but is not really like 
putting it in people's hands and like touching their hand and then reaching back in and then touching their hand and reaching back in and then like that isn't that is not a like I guess just imagine doing that in any other context like a restaurant like if you go to um Chick-fil-A and everybody goes up and is handed a a chicken nugget it's placed directly in their hands by somebody who's got bare hands that you aren't really going to feel like that's a germ-free situation. Like, obviously, if people are going with their mouths open, sure, perhaps. But, I mean, I, I really do have questions about whether it's safer to distribute in the hand. And that's where I've said it. It may just be worth, in cases where they think it's safe to still have masks, just suspending communion of the faithful, knowing that, you know, we don't... I mean, our ancestors didn't receive weekly or anything like that. And so it's it's okay during a crisis to simply omit the communion rite for the faithful. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Like it, they if yeah, if Chick Fil A for some reason said. I mean, it's all. I'm just trying yeah. to show an example of what's happening when yeah, people are like, receiving in the hand and how much touching is still going on. Yeah, because they, the, it it's not like it magically doesn't. In the case of receiving on the tongue, it's kind of contained. It, I don't know. It, it that's one of those things, it's, right? Where I guess just... the saliva thing. Most priests will say that they they almost never come in contact with the person's tongue, um, because you're supposed to you're supposed to have your tongue sticking out. And some people do the mail slot thing where they just like open their mouth. Um, but at like at my parish, they will tap you and be like stick your tongue out mm-hmm. like they don't try to figure out how to like it's not a mail slot so um i i guess i i don't really so anyway my suggestion was is if you're in a situation where the they're they're really not wanting you to receive communion on the tongue i don't think that it makes sense to protest in those environments like if they've made a strong stance even though the law says we can all receive on the tongue um, mass isn't always the place to, or mass is almost never the place to protest. Mm-hmm. And what I would recommend then is making a spiritual communion. And everybody got in my mentions freaking out of like, oh, so you're telling them not to receive the sacrament if they can't receive it how you like to receive it. And I thought that was a bit dramatic because again, um, there are a lot of graces available to us in a spiritual communion. You do still receive Jesus and you know, you're, I, I just don't think that it, I mean, I, I, there's never going to be a situation where I think communion in the hand is a good idea. I think what the church said in allowing it is it runs the risk of, of, you know, working against our ability to believe in the real presence. And so I think protecting faith in the real presence is going to, like, to me, that's more important than receiving on any given week, because you have to believe in the real presence. It's a dogma. Um, you don't have to receive every week. So, I mean, but even when the church says we can do this, it never, the document allowing it makes it very clear that it's, there's so many dangers associated with it, not just dropping it, but in how it changes your thoughts about it. How you act impacts what you think. Mm -hmm. Your surroundings and how you treat things changes what you think about them. So when you're treating it like chips and dip, uh, it's going to be hard for your brain to continue to hold to the, dogma that it's actually in fact the second person of the holy trinity Mm -hmm. and to me i think that that's 
that's a bigger danger than even dropping it. You drop the Eucharist, yeah, that's awful, but it does get cleaned up and everything. You lose your faith, what happens? I mean, you know, that's that's the thing. So to protect your faith in the real presence, you want to always have just the utmost reverence for the Eucharist. And I think heeding the church's own advice that communion in the hand can erode this matters. And the church... Um, I believe it uses the phrase more effective to refer to communion on the tongue, but in allowing communion in the hand as an exception, which is what it continues to be as an exception, the church never suggests that the two practices are equal. Um, and it insists that there are dangers with communion in the hand that simply do not exist when you do communion, um, as it has always been done where it's placed directly on the tongue. Yeah. Hey, you're going to get no so, argument from me. The other thing about it is uh, we were talking about a li- uh, about this a little bit a few days ago. Uh, the, the Eucharist runs the risk of people thinking that it's like a magic pill that won't get Well, so them. right. And here's the other. It's like errors come in twos. So first you have the, oh, there's a virus. So, um, you know, take communion in the hand and la, la, la. Um, then you have these people that are like, well, if you really believe it's the real presence, it can't get you sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, it's heresy from the standpoint of, uh, it's, how'd you phrase it? Like, it's called the real presence. It's not magic. Well, right. It's, well, I mean, I think that's the thing is that. And I think the people that think this, it could just be out of, a, you know, excessive piety, which is not really uh, something to be too worried about. Like, there's very, there's much worse things to have going on. But, you know, their idea must be, okay, this is Holy Communion. Like, would God really allow you to get a virus from receiving his body and blood? And, I mean, the uh, the answer is yes. Um, right, but it's not it's not in the way of... God is allowing you to get it. It's just, it's for the same reason why if there's a consecrated host that gets taken out of the building, it doesn't become non-consecrated once it leaves the walls of the church, right? That's what the presence is. So the presence is not like contingent upon certain conditions. It's there regardless of what is there. And it, it, in, in the same reason why there's a, you know, there's certain ways to dispose of or uh, to clean the vessels, right? Like there, in churches, there are sinks that don't go into this normal system; they go into the ground, right? So it's it's the same way of this. Like it, it's well. Not, and I mean, to to go further, just you know, the church explains what happens when the words of consecration are said over bread and wine, which is that transubstantiation is the process. It basically means the substance of bread and wine are replaced by the substance of Christ, the body, blood, soul, and divinity. And so the accidents, which is the things that you can see, touch, taste, you can be allergic to, whatever it's going to be, of bread and wine remain, but the substance of bread and wine are no longer there. Um, So you could say under the appearance. This is actually a huge difference between what even Lutherans believe or you know, kind of more uh, Protestants that make a big deal out of their communion 
is that they'll say, oh, Jesus is present in the bread and the wine. But what they're also saying is that there's also wine present and bread present, which is what we're saying is not the case. There is no longer bread and wine. Um, The substance has been entirely replaced with that of Christ. And so that's what you're receiving. And so, you know, there's like with all sacraments, there's matter and form and the matter for Holy Communion is bread and wine. And the form is the words of consecration. Um, So you take the matter, you say the words of consecration, transubstantiation happens, bread and wine are no longer present, but their accidents are. Um, A virus is not proper matter for Holy, Holy Communion. If there is a coronavirus hanging out on a host and you say the words of consecration over it, yes, the bread and the bread will cease to be and will be replaced in substance with the body of Christ. The virus is still just going to be sitting there. And so that's why, I mean, it's understanding what the church proposes. Again, this is what I'm saying. It's not a magic trick. It's not, oh, this is like the super holy magic bread that if you touch it, X, Y, and Z happens, or it's it kills viruses. I mean, there are plenty of miracles that happen with the Eucharist, of course. but those those are miracles in the sense that they're extraordinary. Um, in in the ordinary performance, you know, confection of the Eucharist, killing viruses is not an effect. Um, <laughs> so, could you imagine if it was? How that would be a great way to have people would be converting by the the thousands. Right. I mean, it'd be great, obviously. That'd be a really, it'd be a good party trick and everything. Um, but no, obviously, I mean, because that's what people like, so the, the body of Christ can make you sick. And it's like, well, no, but a virus can. And, you know, because Christ chooses to, you know, more or less humiliate himself by making, by subjecting himself to the physical reality, the physical world in the form of bread and wine. Um, yeah, I mean, it's the same as, you know, if you leave a host out for a long time, it will mold. St. Thomas talks about this. Um, and, you know, it's why we don't do that. We don't want that to be what happens to the body of Christ, is that it, you know, starts to mold and gets eaten by maggots. We, it's, it's still subject to the material world. And that, that's what's so important about the Eucharist. So you're, you're losing the, the point, the thing that makes this such a big deal when you factor in things like it couldn't transmit a virus or whatever. Plus, I mean, the fact of the matter is it can. So when you do end up getting a virus from it, are you? what are you going to do? Are you going to become like non-denominational or are you going to be an atheist? Like, I mean, you're, you're setting up for failure if you think that somehow um, having these ideas will, is a good thing. So... Yeah, I mean, that's the the sort of communion can't get you sick. And then you, people are also doing it because you saw people, churches have emptied out the holy water fonts. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing where people are like, it's holy water. It's like, correct. It is holy water. Um, it is a sacramental. It is spiritually efficacious. If it comes in contact with germs and viruses, it will be holy water and germs and viruses. <laughs> So, yeah, it's Yeah, it's weird. I don't I don't know like again, the, don't... the fact that people do have physical healings from holy water and that does happen again mm. 
does not mean that a, a property of holy water is that it ordinarily, you know, is antiviral. I wonder if this, again, I don't, we don't know what, how, we can't see what people are thinking or know what they're thinking, but there is clearly, as we said, a, a element of magical thinking to it. And it, you wonder, like, if this is just, if, if people, if that's how people think about these is in term in instead of like real actual things if they're the power comes to these people think the power comes from it being a magical thing does that yeah. make sense i mean no i i think you're exactly right like the idea that if you know if there if somebody were to receive communion and contract coronavirus from it, then it, it was almost like it didn't work or it didn't do its job, or it was proof that maybe the atheists were right and we yeah, can all go home. Or like the priest must have said the words wrong. Well, and that was the other thing. Like, well, they were saying if you have faith, can it happen? And that's just a whole. That's, I mean, I don't even know how many heresies that is. Yeah, but that's your, that's your basically... faith and orientation towards holy things has nothing to do with how they work. That's and, Protestant-y televangelist mumbo-jumbo. Right. So, it you know, the your faith does not change the, um, sp- you know, the spreading mechanism of a virus. I, I think, again, there can be miracles, but we don't, we don't engage in behavior that, like, requires a miracle bailout you know it's like it would be morally hazardous to to think oh we're gonna do this despite what we know to be true and god's just gonna suspend logic for us god's the author of logic god created viruses so well i mean that just goes to show that's how we should approach the faith anyway like it's not a uh, the faith or is is not like a uh what do you call it a parachute that you pull as you're jumping out of the plane right you so right. everything you you if you need to stand up for the faith if you need to defend the faith you do it because you have to and you do it in the correct way you don't just like go running into a battlefield and uh think that you're going to come out alive right and so um i mean i, I I think that some of it is tough because people don't have like a solid metaphysical basis for kind of looking at the world and that's not their fault, obviously. I mean Sure, I'm it's not, not smart. Any of our fault. Right. Like I mean I there's a whole lot of things that I don't know. Um but you know, I do think understanding you know the difference between the spiritual world and the material world because it it starts to be a thing where if you're sort of doubting the existence or the power of the spiritual if you're defining it by what it can do materially. So if the Eucharist can't prevent you from getting a virus, then it must not be all that great. Or the Eucharist is great because it prevents you from getting sick. The The problem is, is you're, you're devaluing the, the entire spiritual side of things um yeah saints march to their deaths uh singing the praises of god and 
with the full belief in God and they still died, right? They didn't, they, it may sound grim, but like these, the, the faith is not a catch all. It, it saves us for the next life. It doesn't necessarily save us for this life. Right. And I mean, and you do have examples of saints and then just holy people who, you know, they work with the sick and then they end up getting sick in the process and dying. And I mean, that doesn't, it's not a punishment. Um, yeah, maybe and it also it doesn't mean they were being reckless. Faith. They were doing, they you know they were doing the work that they were supposed to do. So yeah, I just it was just a lot of interesting the way this all kind of bubbled up. Both the you know oh you know we never would have canceled mass before Francis Church. And it's like that is false, and it it just and mass isn't canceled. It's just that lay people can't go. Um, but then the idea of, you know, we should believe that we can't get sick when we go to mass or when we take communion or when we touch holy water, you know, up against on the other side, which this is probably the larger segment of the, of the population who are like, oh, okay, there's a virus. So all piety is suspended, you know, no, no communion on the tongue, you know, nothing, you know, religion is paused. So uh, you kind of have to to kind of straighten out your thinking and your understanding of how the spiritual world interacts with the material world so that you know how to handle yourself during a virus. Cause heresy is much, is a much worse and much more contagious uh, thing hmm. than coronavirus. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the title of the episode. Corona. We could call it the Corona heresy. Heresy 19. <laughs> yeah corona brainworms i don't know um right so again it, it's a, just a reminder to please don't be a heretic and please don't believe or promote heresies particularly about just the very nature of of like the material world um and the sacraments and i just don't think this magical thinking is is helpful i mean i don't know i i think i'm always sort of thinking back to before i really believed in God and stuff, but I would have just looked at this and been like, well, that's stupid. They're all getting sick, you know? So it's like atheists are watching, guys. Atheists are listening. They hear you. You know, uh, um, you know who I blame for the magic thinking? Who? Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, read another book. Read another book? Ever since um, Hermi Hermione, however you say her name, I always I always think I say it wrong. Hermione. 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 Uh, that's not me trying to be like, I'm too cool for Harry Potter. I've seen him. I no, just, he, he really doesn't know. Yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce it, as you've heard. Uh, ever since she dropped out of the presidential uh, race, we've really been, it's been a dark day. Oh, yeah, Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, if you could keep Elizabeth Warren supporters in your prayers. Um, yeah. A lot of people who have to ration their uh, insulin and can't see a doctor tweeted snake memes at, at <laughs> Elizabeth Warren supporters. So these, these are the same thing. So keep her supporters in your prayers. It's really hard to be um, like an upper middle-class white woman. Mm -hmm. Saint of the week. But anyway, saint of the week, the 40 martyrs of Sebaste. Love it. And that is a city in central Turkey. For those of you who are wondering, they are a group of Roman soldiers in the Legio 
12 full minata armed with lightning whose martyrdom in 320 for the Christian faith is recounted in traditional martyrologies. Their feast day is March 9th. They were killed near the city of Sebaste. Three slash nine. Yeah. (laughs) Victims of the persecutions of Licentius. Licentius. Licentius, who after 316 persecuted the Christians of the East. The Feast of the Forty Martyrs. Oh, the earliest account of their existence and martyrdom is given by Bishop Basil of Caesarea in a homily he delivered on their feast day. The Feast of the Forty Martyrs is thus older than Basil himself, who eulogized them only 50 or 60 years after their death. The forty soldiers who had openly confessed themselves Christians were condemned by the prefect to be exposed naked upon upon a frozen pond on a bitterly cold night that they might freeze to death. Among the confessors, one yielded and, leaving his companions, sought the warm baths near the lake which had been prepared for any who might prove inconstant. One of the guards who was set to keep watch over the martyrs and and beheld at this moment a supernatural brilliant... is that that doesn't make sense as a sentence one of the guards was set to keep watch over the martyrs and beheld at this moment a supernatural brilliancy overshadowing them he at once mm-hmm. proclaimed himself a christian threw off his garments and joined the remaining 39 thus the number of 40 remained complete so one of them left and then the guards it was like a tag team he tagged in and joined the other martyrs Think of all. Think of his good fortune. Who knows what life he was going on to lead, and then he became a saint, just by it. by dropping it and following following God's command. At daybreak, the stiffened bodies of the confessors just chilling with his homies. <laughs> yeah. At daybreak, the stiffened bodies of the confessors, which still showed signs of life, were burned and the ashes cast into the river. Christians, however, collected the precious remains, and the relics were distributed through many cities. In this way, veneration of the forty martyrs became widespread, and numerous churches were erected in their honor. Now, there is a list of the names. Uh, I'm not going to read them because there's a lot, and I will mispronounce all of them. But, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's the forty martyrs. Love it. The 40 martyrs, the, the Morty farters. Sorry. Trying to delete, trying to delete. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all We're right. asking that the 40 martyrs intercede on behalf of Alex Jones, our, our, our dear King who was arrested for DUI recently, mm-hmm. like today. He's so, in war uh, mode. Yep. Visit the imprisoned guys. It's a work of mercy. <laughs> oh man. On that note, Uh, Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all next week. 